Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Tonight on episode 156, guys, I'm going to tell you guys a very, very personal story. A war, indeed, that the House of O has been embattled with. We've been fighting, and yesterday was the big, big victory. I got that, pro wrestling, and a whole lot coming at you. I got stories to tell, folks. How the hell is everybody out there? This is your boy, your main man, Jack's old brother, another money, this is your host, Orsini's Uncensored Mind. This is AJ Orsini. You heard the cold open there. I am, I'm telling you guys, I was in battle mode yesterday. I was absolutely furious, red hot, pissed off beyond belief about all the things that have been going on. In the house of, oh, not at my family, but just things that have been going on around the house here. But it's just effing me up, and it's financial shit. I'm not going to claim to be a rich man, because I'm not. But I got the monies. And when I'm told that I don't have the monies, it pisses me off. So here, here's the deal with this. I'm recording this episode uh, midway here on Saturday, by mid-afternoon here. And I almost didn't have a place to put it. Because Podbean, as all of you know, because you're listening to the show, but if you don't know, if you're listening on a different platform here, AJOUM, I can plug it now, but AJOUM.podbean.com is the official source of all of the Orsini's Uncensored Mind episodes. This is the place where everything is stored. This is where everything's at. Episodes 1 all the way to right now, which I believe is episode 156. So... Uh, this is literally where I keep all my shit. And this is where I uh, have all of my uh, episodes. This is where I release my episodes. This is my platform. This is what I've been using since the start of the show. And yesterday, now I, I've been in a battle for a few days, but yesterday there was a, a, a shot taken across the bow here at the House of O that I could, not st- I could not stand for it, folks. I couldn't have it. I had to go to war. And Orsini won the war. I don't normally lean on the side of everyone around me as an idiot, but yesterday I was surrounded. I was balls deep in a sea of stupidity, and it all involves financial shit. So I can't tell the whole story without uh, giving away some financial shit, but I will tell this part of the story. I almost lost my Podbean account yesterday. Now, I have all of my episodes saved, obviously, I record them on my laptop, so I obviously have them. I don't delete them. I still have all the shows. I still have all my commercials. I have everything. I save everything. I don't have. I, I don't lose shit. I, I have it for years. Uh, I may be buried with my hard drives when I go. That's still up for discussion. Because uh, me and my wife are going to ha- obviously be buried in separate coffins. We're going to be buried together, so I want to go with my shit. If I'm going to go... My own shit, I want to take my shit with me. So I want my hard drives with me, everything. I, I don't lose shit for nothing. So, uh, I almost lost my Podbean account. As a matter of fact, it was officially lost yesterday. Uh, I don't know if anyone was paying attention to it yesterday. Uh, but for a few hours yesterday, I had no Podbean account. It had been, uh, it expired um, almost intentionally, I believe, because there was a situation that happened with my bank. I am a... Uh, I have an account with Bank of America that I have linked to a lot of different shit. And for whatever reason, Bank of America just decided this was actually about two days ago, I want to say. Uh, two, maybe three. I'm not sure now. Losing track of time. Or they just decided, you know what? Orsini doesn't need any of his credit cards. Fuck it. Let's just lock him up. And they just locked my shit up. And they wanted to put the blame on activity. There was no fraudulent activity. Everything that took place on my card was within the range of my home it's obviously me 
Uh, and it's nothing, and we didn't buy anything that we wouldn't normally buy. It's all normal shit. A couple of Amazon purchases. This is regular shit. Okay? They just decided on their own that uh, they're going, that they were going to lock my shit up. And not bother to tell me, by the way. There was, there was no notice. I didn't get a text. I get text messages from them. I get emails from them. I, no notice. They just did it. So over the course of the last two or three days, my wife and I haven't thought anything really of it. We, we've made a few purchases here and there. And apparently my pa being went through last night, or yesterday, I should say, because last night it got solved. But yesterday, my pod bean is an automatic uh, it credit. It comes all. It comes out automatically. It's on an auto pay, and it got declined, and thus my account went into expiration. And I still had access to it, but it didn't show publicly, like it normally does. Uh, and a, mo- a bunch of other things, things that were really, really important, bills and whatnot that bounced back because Bank of America decided they were going to just lock my shit up and not bother to fucking tell me. So when I tell you that I came at these people yesterday with the ferocity of two really tight, upset, and inflamed rectums, I I came at them with pure intensity. I, I don't think I've been that mad at people I've never met before in my entire life. And the whole thing... uh ended up getting squared away and I had to but see the thing is is that squared away means they took off whatever it is they put on to lock my shit up it doesn't mean hey we fucked up I we can clearly see all these transactions you did make that all got declined let's go ahead and put this through no 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 their version of it's fixed is okay now you can do whatever it is you're gonna do no bitch that means now I gotta call people I gotta go back online I got to redo everything that I just did before. And God help you if it hits twice. You know what I mean? Say it was just a gigantic pain in the ass. My account, my Podbean account was fucked. It was gone. I didn't know what to fucking do. I was panicky. And so I have, I have two cards that are connected in one debit. I ended up using the debit to save the account. Uh, which sucks because it came out of money that I was going to use for something else. But whatever, I had to save the account because I need the account to keep <laughs> to keep. I need the account to be up and running at all times. This is why I have it on auto pay. It's, it's not anything I even think about, to be honest with you. It just comes out. Like I see it on my statement. I check my statement, so I know it's coming out. But I, I I don't think about it. It just auto does it. So when I got an email, Podbean sent me an email said, "Hey, by the way, your shit did not work. You're expired now." But nothing from Bank of America. So it would have been squared away days ago if they would have notified me. I didn't know. I didn't get a phone call. I didn't get a text message. I didn't get an email. Nothing. They just they just said, fuck this guy and just did whatever it is they fucking wanted to do. So I went on the phone and I got super fucking Brooklyn on them. And the whole thing got squared away. And the end result of it is, too, is because this isn't the first time Bank of America's done this shit to me. They've done this to me. On numerous occasions, they've done it to me on vacation. Vacation, I got. I wasn't as upset for the vacation because if you see my card all of a sudden just being charged in fucking Florida a bunch of times, I understand that. But what happens is with that, that I ran into that the first time I left on vacation and they started flagging me for shit. And that was when someone told me over the phone, well, if you're going to go on vacation, right, if you're going to go on vacation, what you should do is you should... uh, let the company, like Bank, let Bank of America know, hey, between this day and this day, I'm going to be in Florida. So don't flag me. Like put something in the system that says, okay, he's in Florida. This is okay. And I do that every year now. Whenever, whenever I know I'm going someplace deep, like when I went to Texas or just in general whenever I, tra- I travel around because I've also been to Mexico. I've, I've, I've been places, you know, Georgia, all, all over the place. Whenever I go to these places that I know I'm going to be there for like an extended amount of time, I go ahead and just let these people know that this is what I'm going to do. And it's really worked out as far as the vacation stuff. So it get so I get extra pissed when I'm not on vacation, when I'm just at home and the cards being used locally. We're not buying anything of any huge expense. I don't understand why I'm being flagged at all. So they apologize on their end because apparently in the policy for them is once there's a flag and there's a lock, 
we're supposed to be notified because the only purpose for the flags and the locks is because they anticipate some some form of fraudulent activity. So they're supposed to notify people to let them know this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it. They did not do that. So we had to put in some special provisions on my account and uh, set it up to where there's only certain situations that the card can be flagged in. Now, does that leave me open to some form of vulnerability? Sure, but I was very selective in what I did and why I did it. So we're in a good place now. So I had to go in and fix a lot of things, fix a lot of bill situations. So the house of O is safe. Uh, Daddy had to go to work yesterday. He put on his work gloves. He put on his steel toes and commenced to putting a verbal smackdown on bitches. I was in promo mode yesterday. I had a few members of my family who saw my OTP stuff recently and said, oh, my God, I've never seen you in promo mode. Well, Bank of America has officially heard me in promo mode, and uh, they're not fans, including Little Miss Melody. That was the poor, unfortunate soul who answered the phone when I called customer service. I did not last long on the phone with Melody. Uh, I'm not going to volunteer to pay for her psychiatric care, but I will suggest that uh, Bank of America, you know, help her out and foot that bill because she's going to need her her mind and her ears cleaned after the uh, cesspool of language I gave her ass yesterday. It was unfortunate for Melody, but she caught me at the worst possible time. So if you're listening to this or if anybody knows Melody who works the call center for Bank of America, uh, I apologize, but uh, in the same position, I'd probably do it again. So <laughs> I, I hope you don't get too heartbroken over everything that happened yesterday. But yeah, so I lost Podbean. I lost a lot of things yesterday, but I also got it all back, and I was able to uh, ventilate a little bit. So we're back in the game here. AJOUM.podbean.com is up. It's running. We're back to business as usual. And uh, speaking of back to business, so let's get a little bit into what we're going to be doing here today. Obviously, I gave you guys just the story right now, a little update of everything that's going on. And for those of you who might have ran into the website yesterday and it was all on the fritz or fucked up or whatevs, that was the reason why it was. So I apologize for that. But it all got figured out. We're squared away. We are good. Uh, as far as what we're going to be doing here today, now, we've got some wrestling stuff definitely to talk about. Definitely, definitely got to talk about. Uh, we have uh, the best man in AEW. We've got a turn for the Hurt Business. We have the return of a championship title. There's a lot of different things that we're going to be getting into here. And uh, before we do, before we get into the wrestling side of things, I've been asked this a few times, okay? And um, I don't know. I'm starting to renege now a little bit. So I had made the decision that I was going to be going live once a month, uh, like takeovers or like pay-per-views, once a month or seeing it goes live, right? Because I thought, you know, I'd probably get more mileage out of this bitch if I didn't do it all the time. Because it was a stretch there. I guess during COVID, I was just getting bored. And uh, the interaction was nice. So we were doing that. But um, how can you miss me if I never go away, right? So I, it's it's I, I took a break from it for a little bit. We went live for the SummerSlam Roundtable, which uh, went extremely well. It went way more well than I thought it was going to do. A lot more hits. The Zoom worked out well. Everything kind of ran seamlessly. We ran commercials. It was good. It was good. It was a good time. We did a good thing there. So I'm interested in doing something like that again. So... Uh, I'm not going to be doing a roundtable the next live. The next live is scheduled for the 26th. I don't know if I've mentioned that yet, but yeah, September 26th is going to be the next live, uh, and we're going to be doing something a little special for that live. Uh, I'm going to be giving away some prizes because I like the idea of being interactive with people, right? I love the idea. This is really, really cool. Uh, I'm going to be giving away some free stuff, free stuff. Uh, but I'm going to have to figure out how that's going to be tiered. But we're going to be playing a game on the 26th. And I know that this is going to sound weird. Uh, or see me, what do you mean a game? What are we doing? This is going to be very interactive. I'm going to be trying something here. I always try to do something different every fucking time. It's a challenge to myself. I don't know what it is. But well, I wanted to do something fun. I wanted to do something engaging. I wanted to do something interactive with you guys. 
So I came up with this idea. I've jotted it down. I've actually started designing it, which is actually pretty fucking cool. This is going to work out really interesting how this is going to go. Uh, but I got some music here for you guys. We're going to play a little game and see if you can tell the name, the what type of game this is just based on the music. Let's see if how this works itself out. You know? Yeah. We just need that guy. This is Jeopardy. <laughs> yes. I thought this would be really cool. This is a really cool concept, I think. Huh? Okay, we can lower this down now. <laughs> Jeopardy. Yes. We're going to be playing a game of pro wrestling Jeopardy. It's going to be designed exactly. You guys are going to be able to see an actual board. I've been designing a board. Okay, I'm designing a board that we will be able to use and we will be able to play and it will be it's going to be interesting. I'm telling you, it's interactive as shit. This is going to be very very <laughs> the first time I've done anything like this. So it's going to be very difficult to figure out, but we're going to work this out and it's going to be cool. It's going to have categories and the number same thing, 100, 200, 300, blah blah. blah. And what's going to happen is is normally for Jeopardy you have three players. Right, you have the three guys up. Alex Trebek does his thing, and then whatever. But obviously, I'm going to have more than three people playing the game, right? So, uh, I thought it would be really cool if if you're watching the stream on Facebook Live, if you're watching, if you're interacting, if you're going back and forth with me, uh, you will be eligible for the game. That's it. That's all you have to do to be eligible for the game. All you need to do is literally show up. Watch the stream, and you will have the opportunity to answer the questions in the chat. Now, there's going to be some very specific rules <laughs> about the chat and about answering the questions. Because I know for a fact that as soon as the question hits the screen, everyone is either going to know the answer and hit it immediately. Uh, but I also need some provisions, and I need something in place to stop uh, to to limit as much Googling as possible. So there's going to be a time limit, as and as the timer is going to be on the screen for you to see. There's going to be a, a timer on the screen, and once uh, the question is out and I've read it, I will start the timer, and then that's how long you guys have to answer. And of course, you guys will be able to answer. Once you've answered, I will keep track of who's answering in the chat. I'll keep track of the points. I'll do intermittently throughout the game. I'll let you know what the leaderboard looks like and all that different stuff. And then eventually we will have a winner at the end. Once the board is cleared, obviously the game would be over. We're not going to do rounds of this shit. Uh, it was, it's going to take too long to do the game as it is. If it ends up not being that long, I will have a backup board just in case we have time for another. Because I'm going to be on for two hours. So if I can get one one game in, two games in, that'd be great. We'll figure it out. I, I kind of only want to do the one game and then talk pro wrestling. Um, but we'll see how quick it goes. If I can get it done inside of an hour, that'd be great. Um, maybe we could do another one. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. But definitely the one game. We'll play the one game. You guys will be able to answer the questions. It'll be like a trivia thing. You know, We'll have categories with different companies or maybe different names or whatever the case may be. I already know what I've written down. But I'm being vague as shit right now because we have we have time, and I'm I'm teasing. I'm just promoting right now, letting you know that's gonna what it's gonna be. Uh, there will be first, second, and third place prizes, so not just the winner of the whole thing. Uh, I'll have to figure out what those are gonna be. They're not gonna be anything ridiculous, you know, a shirt, some some things here and there, uh, courtesy of uh, Orsini's uncensored mind. Um, we did do a. Uh, Big, we had a big fucking prize ready for WrestleMania, and COVID shut that down. So it's kind of hard to give that prize out now because COVID's still kind of doing its thing. But that's going to be the idea. So September 26th, we're going live. We're going to be playing Pro Wrestling Jeopardy. You guys are going to be able to participate, be interactive, and be a part of the game and maybe win some free shit. And then uh, while we're at it, talk some fucking wrestling, right? Why the fuck not? Moogly Interactive will talk some shit. It'll be interesting as fuck. So that's September 26th. That's what's going down for that. We'll talk more about that as we get close. So the pro wrestling side of shit. Uh, Miro. 
AEW had Miro debut this past uh, Wednesday. He is all elite. And he is apparently with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford. Why the fuck are those two together? <laughs> Why? I don't. Oh, God. Everything about that blew my fucking mind. Like, I love the Miro Day thing. That was cool. He looked, he looked genuinely happy. You know, uh, he looked like a, a, a like in better spirits, I guess you could say. He's had some time off. He was the name that I left off my list months ago when they had that the big firing and I was making these bold predictions as to where these talents were going to wind up. And I and I didn't have Russo, Rusev, excuse me, picked on any particular brand because I didn't think he would rush back, and he didn't. He, he did exactly what I said he was going to do. He was going to disappear for a while as far as the wrestling side of it. He was going to try some other things, and he did. He's doing it now, the, the whole Twitch deal and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but he apparently he was he's not staying away from wrestling for that long. He's going to be joining AEW. Now, here's <laughs> I have to dip my toe a little bit into the whole online debate about AEW and former WWE superstars coming to AEW. You guys are all over the fucking place. There's so many people bringing in so many irrelevant points into the fucking conversation. It's so ridiculous. I can't even get involved in these conversations with people online anymore because it's just so ridiculous. So there's a lot of things going on as far as discussion about all these WWE superstars who leave uh, WWE, either released or fired or quit, whatever the case may be, and they just immediately get snatched up by AEW. And it's basically becoming like, uh, you know, AEW, somebody made the conversation, uh, AEW is starting to look like Sunday Night Heat, you know? It's got all these <laughs> former WWE guys. For the crowd that's hitting people with the, well, these guys need to work somewhere, they don't. Uh, they, they, they need to... They can get work in a lot of places. I know COVID makes that very difficult. But just because somebody gets fired from one company does not mean that AEW is, is given this burden that they have to hire everybody to make sure everybody eats. That's not how this business works. Now, not everybody that's left the WWE has been picked up by AEW. They've been very specific, and they've chosen exactly who they've wanted and when they wanted them, and, and that's fine. That's perfect. That's the way that the business is supposed to go. I have no problem with WWE superstars heading over to AEW. I hate the, the fallacy. I hate the idea that simply because they need work, that they're somehow owed by AEW a job in some way. That's not how that works at all. You know, if you get fired from McDonald's, it's not incumbent upon Burger King to fucking hire you. There are other places for you to work. Or... You might have to do something else for work. That's how that goes. No one gets locked into a job, you know, just, and that's what they are, and that's the only thing they could be for forever. You know, if you do a job for 20 years and you get fired, it's, it looks like it's time for you to do something else. You know, okay, he was a WWE superstar. Okay, he's been a professional wrestler for 15 years. Okay, he may not be a wrestler anymore. It's not up to AEW to keep feeding him. He needs to be, the, these individuals need to find a way to feed themselves. So I, I, I have no problem with WWE superstars going to AEW, none whatsoever. If it, if it benefits AEW, fantastic. But this whole, well, they got to work somewhere, that's, that's a bullshit excuse. Don't give me that. I don't give a shit. No, 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 no. The, no one is incumbent in owing anybody anything. Okay? AEW has been very smart as to who they're bringing in. The only question I have is the why sometimes. But it looks like so far AEW has made all the right decisions. The ratings are going back up. The pay-per-views are coming out a little more, a little different each time. You know, we're a far cry from when we started with these AEW pay-per-views. They're running a lot smoother. They're running a lot better. The matches are flowing a lot different. Match one through six or one through six, which is another thing. It's like, what, six matches? Seven matches? Maybe? These cards are are great. They're, the matches have time. They're being led right. The AEW right now is hitting its stride, which is amazing when you think about all the conditions they had to overcome to get to this point. My problem with bring my only problem with bringing in WWE superstars is if you're going to bring in a WWE superstar, he's going to cost more than the average bear. What are you getting for your money? 
How are you using these individuals? Because you can still you can hire a bunch of WWE people and still treat AEW as the land of opportunity for future stars, young up and coming guys, maybe even from the Indies straight in to get an opportunity and do some things. You can still incorporate these known talents into programs or feuds or partnerships with these younger guys. That's you know what they're doing with Miro and Kip Sabian as a matter of fact popped into my head because I was like I see what they're trying to do. An established guy like Miro. Kip Sabian is obviously somebody that they feel has some potential to do some stuff. I get what they're trying to do. I understand. I didn't like it because I don't like the pairing of Miro and Kip. But I get what they're trying to do. I understand. I see it. Uh, A lot of the stuff I got back from people after my AEW Fallout episode about some about some of the reasons why I liked that pay-per-view. And, you know, Jericho leading the match against Orange, Moxley leading the match against J- MJF, Matt Hardy leading the match against Samuel Guevara. Here are examples. Now, that particular pay-per-view was a bad day in the office for a lot of those veterans, but the the premise, the idea behind those matches and those programs is what AEW at this point should be. It should be a lot of the established educated pro wrestlers who have been on the big stage in front of the, the bright uh, the, uh, been under the bright lights in front of the big cameras on the big cards wrestlemanias and summer slams and big buildings and these saudi arabia shows of like 70 or eighty thousand people these wrestlemanias of a hundred thousand people these guys have performed on at a high level for a long period of time and if they could lend that knowledge to these younger guys and get them prepared to compete on that level it can only do good. It can only do good. That's kind of why I was upset Heath Slater went to Impact. Because I really feel like a lot of those guys could learn a lot from Heath. I mean, the young guys at Impact could too as well. But man, Impact's not at that level with the networking and, and the television deal. Like AEW, Impact is a company right now that if they really continue to push the way they're pushing they can do some really consistent shit and and give a lot of talent and opportunity. AEW is a player right now. And we need as many coaches on that team as possible. And it's nice to see established talent at all levels. Main event level, mid-card level, lower card level. There's a lot of established guys who are now working with these younger guys. I love Miro or Rusev or however you want to call him. I love him as a performer. I love him as a character. I thought just like everybody else, that they misused him and they abused him and they used his wife against him and, and they played all kinds of games. He won't get those games in AEW. But at the same time, how useful can he be to some of these younger guys? And how useful is too useful? Are you giving away too much of Miro's star power when Miro has the look and the build and the feel of a main event player in AEW? He absolutely could. You know, you have a lot of big, like John Moxley is not tremendously overly huge, but he's height-wise, he's a he's a big guy. You know, Brian Cage ripped to shreds, and he's fucking cock diesel, huge fucking dude. Brody Lee's a big dude. I mean, we're getting bigger here. Lance Archer's getting bigger. When this whole thing started, we had some some mini indie guys, but now we're mixing some of those indie guys and indie names in with some really established guys of, of significant size and skill. And we're starting to see a different style of professional wrestling come into AEW. You know, I know those fans are used to the, you know, acrobatics and the stunt show stuff. And they're still getting that to a degree. But it's nice to see now that the veterans are starting to instill a little bit more subtlety, a little bit more storytelling. And they're still giving the young guys their opportunity to shine. Don't make the mistake of thinking otherwise. They're still giving them a chance to do that. But it's a smarter way, it's a, it's a better way, it's, a, it's a, a career extender to do it the way that these guys are doing it. So we may run into a, a lull for a little bit when it comes to the audience and how they accept this new transition of things. But I really, in my heart, I think that's the real, the real fear that AEW fans have, that with all these WWE guys coming in, they're going to start making some of you know, their favorite athletes change it up to fit more of that style. And they don't want to see their favorite wrestlers compete in a WWE style. But you know what? 
if you want your favorites to last and exist longer in this industry, they may have to change a few things. You can't go through tables every night. You can't do 450 splashes to the floor all the time. You know, you can't wrestle like, for instance, the car crash style of the Lucha Bros. You can't do that shit every night. You can't. They're finding that shit out now. That's why the Lucha Bros are not being as highly, as high profile as they used to be. Because the, the, once once you see the guy come out of the cannon 15 times, it's not as impressive. You know, these guys do some impressive shit, the Lucha Bros. They're fantastic athletes. They're great wrestlers. But that style they have, you can't do that shit every night and expect to get the same response from people. You just can't. Not To be honest with you, not even the indie level hardcore fan because i've seen them on camera sit there and just sit on their ass when these spots are happening because they've seen it a thousand times they still appreciate it they still respect it but it doesn't pop them the same way that it did before so you know there's different there's levels to this shit and i'm glad now that we're going to start getting more and more i'm happy about the fact that more wwe guys are being here to be honest with you, I didn't feel that way at first. In the beginning, I remember very distinctly when AEW first started, I was like, please do that as little as possible. Because I want this to be a platform for younger guys to get out there and get more noticed and have an opportunity to shine. But you know what? They, they did that. They gave the young guys an opportunity to shine. You know what ended up happening? A lot of them got exposed. A lot of young talent who came into AEW, we're learning, we learned Really quickly, these guys were not ready for this position. So the old guys had to take over, take the reins, and figure this shit out with the young talent, bringing them up to speed. Once we can get these young guys to perform on this level every night, then you can kick these old guys to the curb. You, you pay them their money, and you say, thanks, thanks for your service, but we're off and running into the future. Ten years from now, we're, worrying, we're, worrying, we're trying to keep AEW around until 2030, and then 2040, and so on and so forth. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I have no problem with Miro being there. I, I, I can't wait to see what he does. I want to know how him and Kip are going to be beneficial toward this company. We'll see. You know, if the knock on him was that he shouldn't have been a mid-carder his whole life, to be debuting him in a lower mid-card situation, I don't know how that works. Because all due respect to Kip, Kip, Kip's not exactly one of the most over guys in AEW. So we'll see how that works itself out. Uh, speaking of a return, because we've got Miro returning to wrestling, something else is making a return. Something I thought I'd never see again. <laughs> and this actually spins us toward Ring of Honor. I gotta talk about this for a little bit. Ring of Honor. Now, I've said on this show a, a whole bunch of times that I used to be a huge Ring of Honor mark back in the day. A huge fan of Ring of Honor. Went to the shows, did everything. All right, bought the shirts. I got Ring of Honor shirts in my closet right now. I, I, I did it. Paid my Ring of Honor dues as a fan. All right. And uh, a long time ago, they used to have the Ring of Honor World Championship. Then they had the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship. And forever, that was pretty much it. That was pretty much the championships that they, that they had. So, uh, somewhere along the line, they created... Another title. It was called the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. And basically that belt was created as a as a platform for a more technical-based presentation. Because Ring of Honor was already kind of a strong-style, technically-based company. But this championship was for the real hardcore professional wrestling fans. It even had its own set of rules. I don't know if you guys were aware of the rules. Now... There's a new belt coming. That's where I'm headed with this. There's a new championship. Ring of Honor is reinstating the Pure Championship. They're bringing it back. I have not heard, because I don't watch the program regularly, so I have not heard if they're planning on bringing back these rules. But if they do, then here they are. I'm going to give them to you. If they don't, at least you got a chance to hear what it was. Because I don't know how many of you actually remember uh, that belt was only around for two years, by the way. February 2000, Valentine's Day, February 2004, and they retired it. It was unified with the world title August 12th in 2006. So uh, it left an ingullible mark, but it was only around for about two years. 
And uh, it only had a few champions. Uh, AJ Styles was its initial champion. He beat CM Punk in a tournament final in Massachusetts at the second anniversary show. Uh, it was vacated after that because of TNA. <laughs> and then Doug Williams won the belt when he defeated Alex Shelley in a tournament to recrown a champion. Uh, Doug Williams, John Walters, Jay Lethal, Samoa Joe, Nigel McGuinness, and Brian Danielson uh, reign as your champions. And uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, Daniel Bryan, <sighs> Brian Danielson was the last champion. And uh, it was unified when Nigel McGuinness had defeated him uh, whilst being the uh, world champion. Now, Nigel McGuinness uh, had the longest ring with the pure title. It was basically his belt for a while. 350-day uh, reign. 17 defenses. That's a fucking, that's a champion right there. Uh, John Walters, right underneath him, with six defenses, 189 days. That was the guy that I most associated with the belt until McGinnis won it. Uh, was uh, John Walters. I love that guy. And I, when I never found out where he went <laughs> after that. I don't know what happened. Uh, but here are the rules, by the way. I skipped over this because I wanted to give you guys a little bit of the lineage of the belt. The, the title belt came with rules. All right? Three rules. All right? Rule number one. Each wrestler has three rope breaks to stop submission holds and pinfalls during the match. After a wrestler exhausts his rope breaks... Submission and pin attempts under the ropes by the opponent are considered legal. So limited rope breaks. Choose wisely. There are no closed fist punches to the face allowed in a pure match. Only open hand slaps or chops to the face are allowed. Now, I know people are going to hear that and go, uh, AJ, you're not supposed to have a closed fist at all. Uh, no, that is absolutely not true as a matter of fact. It's uh, the official rule for pro wrestling, if I'm not mistaken, is a closed fist and a straight punch. That's why Austin was able to get away with the punch. A lot of punches, work punches, come from the side of the fist where the fingers rest. That's where most of the work punches come from. Uh, some people have their own style of things, but whenever they do closed fists for work punches, it usually comes to the front end of the fist as opposed to a straight-on knuckle shot like you would do in an actual fight. So what they're saying is is not the closed one that would normally be excluded. What they're saying is no closed fist punches whatsoever. You can't throw off closed anything at the face. So not even the work punches. So it has to be straight open hand. All right, It could be palm strike. It could be slap. It could be chop, which would you also utilize the back end of your hand, like a knife edge. Those are allowed. Uh, punches to other parts of the body, save for low blows, are permitted. So you can't punch the face, but you can definitely punch him in the stomach, in the back, leg, Charlie horse him up. You can do all that. The first use of a closed fist would get a warning. Then the second would cause the wrestler to be penalized, a rope break. If he is already out of rope breaks, he would be disqualified. So if you use the fist... Uh, those, that is exactly the, the sequence of uh, penalties that would incur upon you if you use the fist. And the third and final rule of the pure title is a wrestler is subject to a 20 count by the referee if the wrestler goes to the floor. Meaning, anytime you powder out, anytime you go underneath the rope, uh, it doesn't mention over the top rope here. Normally, traditionally in, in pure championship wrestling, you're not allowed to go over the top rope. That's basic, but it's not specified here. So I'm not entirely sure if it was enforced or not when it comes to the title. But this is basically like uh, Fire Pro rules, you know, Japanese rules. You get a 20 count here. You get 20 seconds to group yourself up, and then you got to get yourself back in the ring. Uh, and l unlike other championships, the this is not a rule. It's just a, st uh, a stip that goes to the belt. The ROH Pure Championship can change hands on a disqualification or a countout. There is no championship's advantage with the Pure title. You have to beat your opponent straight up, submission, knockout, or pinfall in order to maintain your championship. And I stress knockout because a few of those defenses from McGinnis and Danielson, uh, and Joe, I think, so some of the later champions there, uh, won a lot of those matches, a lot of those defenses uh, with knockouts. So uh, 
well, not Danielson. Now that I'm looking at it now, he only had it for a fucking day. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened, but it happened. Uh, but yeah, so um, a lot of knockout was a big one for for the pure title. But you can also submit. You can pin. There are different options with that. So that's the championship belt lineage there that they're talking about bringing back. The tournament, if I'm not mistaken, has already started. Uh, I have another document here. Nope, does not have a date on it. So I'm going to have to get back to you guys on the date. I'm pretty sure they, yeah, they already started the tournament. Uh, they started the first round. They have uh, some some tentative dates already set. Because remember, COVID's changing a lot of shit around. So they're bringing it back, and they're bringing it back in a very similar form in which they debuted it, which is in the form of a tournament. So this is going to be on week-by-week week television for Ring of Honor. So if you're looking at your... If you want to take a look at your local listing and find out where you can find Ring of Honor. I used to get it on my TV. I don't get it anymore. Uh, I don't know why. I used to have it uh, pre-programmed to record. I may have to look for it again to see if I can get any information on this tournament. I want to see the tournament. I want to see how they enforce this. Now, this particular tournament, much like the title belt of old, has some stipulations and it has some rules to it. So it's been broken up into two blocks. There's a block A and a block B. And each block contains eight performers. That's, so it's a 16-man tournament. Okay? And uh, da, 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 here, here are the rules for the matches. All right? They have rules. Every match begins and ends with the Code of Honor handshake. It's a must in this tournament. Each wrestler has three rope breaks that stops him. Okay, so they have the three, bro- the three rope break rule enforced here. So that's good. So uh, there you go. They are going to use it. After uh, yeah, close punches, we already went over that. That's also a part of this. Uh, 20 count to the floor. Okay, so they're reinstating that. All the stuff we just talked about. Outside interference will result in automatic termination from the roster for the wrestler that interferes. I'm going to repeat that because that's how you fucking enforce shit. You can't book, you can't write your way out of this situation. It can't happen, period. Uh, Outside interference will result in automatic termination from the roster for the wrestler that interferes. That's crazy. Uh, There are two blocks, single elimination format. I already ran down the blocks for you. I'm going to tell you who are in those blocks once I'm done with these rules. The first round matches all have a 15-minute time limit. The next round... Semifinals will have a 20-minute time limit, and the finals will have a 30-minute time limit. The tournament, oh, those are the block finals, excuse me. So the first rounds of the blocks, 15. Semifinals of the blocks, 20. 30 minutes for the finals of the blocks. The tournament final, which is the two winners of the blocks competing in one last match, that's going to have a one-hour time limit. There will be three judges for each match, and time limit draws, will go to the judges' decisions. Now, it doesn't have listed here who those judges will be. If I hear anything coming up, I'll definitely let you guys know in the coming weeks. I'll let you know on uh, the social media. I've been meaning to post this bracket, by the way. I never got a chance to. So I guess I'll post it tomorrow because this episode is going to go up today. So I'll post, a, I'll post up the tournament tomorrow and give you guys all that information. Uh, Yeah, so let's break down now who's going to be in this tournament. Now, I thought it was cool that the first name here, Block A, the first matchup, and it's also the first match that's going to be on TV, is uh, Jay Lethal versus Dalton Castle. Now, remember, this belt retired in 2006, all right? That was 14 years ago. The only man that has won a champion has won this title before. (laughs) <laughs> that is in this tournament is Jay Lethal. He's been around for that long. He's he's one of the old guys now, I guess. And he's got a hell of a, a load here because I think if I'm looking through the list here, uh, this is a battle. Yeah, I'm looking through the list and I think this is it. This is a battle between two former Ring of Honor world champions here. Uh, let me just double check. But yeah, I'm looking through the list here. Not a single... They're the only two men here who have risen to the top and won the world title. And they're going to be competing against each other in the first fucking round. 
So expect some fireworks on that one. But Jay Lethal versus Dalton Castle in the first round. Uh, David Finley versus Rocky Romero. So some New Japan flavor here. Uh, Fred Yee versus Silas Young, real man here. Uh, is that hot sauce? Am I getting that? Tracy Williams, that's hot sauce, isn't it? Versus Russ Taylor. Uh, that's all block A. Block B, the octopus. Jonathan Grisham versus Wheeler Yuta. Delirious versus Matt Seidel. Josh Woods versus Kenny King. And PJ Black versus Tony Deppin. Now, in this uh, article that I have here, it's got a comment section, and people are already just down here just, oh, man, uh, who could possibly be in the finals? There's a lot of uh, wishy-washy. They're not really sure. Uh, I know quite a bit about some of these guys and very little about the others. But I can tell you just by looking at the way this was put together, this is going to be like Delirious and Matt Seidel. It's an old-school Ring of Honor match. I think Delirious and Matt Seidel, the last time I saw these two in a ring together was 2006. <laughs> so that's going to be dope. Josh Woods has really come along on Ring of Honor television uh, with Silas. That would be an interesting final, Woods and Young, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Uh, Kenny King in a position yet again to try to do something on a single level. Uh, PJ Black has a lot of eyes on him right now. I think Tony Deppin is a sleeper in this one. Uh, for casuals, I know hardcore wrestling fans know quite a bit about Tony Deppin. He gets around. Uh, but Grisham and uh, Yuta is going to be dope. There's a lot of solid matches. This tournament alone right now, when I first heard about this tournament, I heard who was in it. I'm not going to lie. It got me curious. I was like, you know what? I may want to check out this tournament. And I think I'm going to set it back up to uh, to record again. I'm interested. I'm down. I'm going to see what happens. So I just gave you guys a whole shitload of information <laughs> to digest here about this tournament. So you guys might want to go ahead and check this shit out. This is going to be really great. I love this style of wrestling. I love it. I could watch it all fucking day. I can't wait to see what these guys come up with. There's a lot of young talent here. So everyone who's been telling me recently hey i'm you know you sound like you're really down on the new product you know you sound like you're really down on new wrestling i'm not down on new wrestling i'm down on new television wrestling this wrestling right here 16 studs this i mean there's not a bad wrestler in any of these blocks you know you can say what you want about ring of honor that it's fell off that it's you know it's not the same brand that it used to be this is these are 16 really fucking good wrestlers and I'm, I genuinely am curious to see how this is all going to work itself out. You know, people keep telling me, you know, you sound like you're down on wrestling. And I keep telling people, I, I don't know why I, it comes off to you like I sound that way. Because I, in my entire life, I'm 37 years old. I, in my entire life, I don't think I've seen this much talent at one time in a long time, athletically. You know, I don't want to sit here and have that debate. Well, which era was the best? You know, storytelling and, 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 and drawing money and all that stuff, it gets to be a real complicated conversation to have. But, you know, and everything is subjective anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But I'm talking about pure athletic ability to get in the ring and do all kinds of creative, just outlandish shit. You know, this is a generation right now that can really do that. And to take athletes that can do that, but then confine them to pure, straight-up, just professional wrestling rules... It's, I think it's it's a challenge that's going to make these performers better. And I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys can do this shit with their fucking eyes closed. They're just very rarely ever given the opportunity to actually do it. So it's going to be very interesting and, and very cool to see this. And I'm, I'm excited. I haven't been excited about Ring of Honor in a long time. But I'm excited. And I want to keep abreast of the situation. I want to make sure that... Um, we're, we're, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep up to date with this. I'm gonna keep pushing this, and I'm gonna keep moving forward with Ring of Honor on this one because I'm. I'm very interested to see how this goes. So not only am I going to, not only did I just give you this information here. It's not a situation where I just give this to you and and you're just not gonna hear about it ever again until maybe the 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 finals or something. I'm sticking with this because I wanna. I wanna see where this goes. I wanna see what happens with this. I'm very curious and I'm very excited to see. Ring of Honor do something like this. This is going to be really, really, really cool. And uh, there's one more topic I want to hit before I get out of here. 
Uh, how much time do I have left? Because this is gonna, uh, this is the the where Cena gets pissed off portion of the show. I got at least ten minutes. All right, all right, all right that's enough. I'll give me get it off my chest now. Okay. Can we stop with the nation of domination bullshit? Can we stop, please? I'm begging. I'm begging people who who either don't know any better or just. I mean, I, I have to stand up because my my back is starting to hurt me now. But I need people to please get their head out of their asses, please. Can we leave the nation of domination fucking alone? Any fucking time black people do anything in pro wrestling, it's nation of domination 2.0. Even if it's not a group. If you get a great tag team to come along that happens to be black, oh, man, they, they would fit in a new nation of domination. If it's a group or a stable of black people, man, they they could they could be the new they could be the new nation of domination. There is going to be no new nation of domination. First of all, if we had a nation of domination, can you imagine the shit that Farouk used to say used to say on the microphone? If he said that shit today, your fucking heads would explode. It's so fucking crazy. The first thing people would say on on Twitter or what it's, you know, keep my keep your politics out of my wrestling. I just want to see wrestling. But yet you want these new black guys to be the new nation of domination. And I know you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the hurt business. All right, the hurt business is making waves. Hurt business is making moves. Right, they're doing some cool shit, and they're getting over. Period. End of discussion. And of course, they're going to get over. It's MVP, okay, who is an amazing talker. He may not be the wrestler he once was, okay, but he, to be honest with you, he was limited before. And he's obviously more limited now. But his greatest asset was always his charisma, his verbiage, his ability to get into a, 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 a microphone and control the crowd. This guy can talk. This guy walks the talk. He's got a, he's got a legit background. Okay, he's respected. Okay, he that's and that's that's in short supply on the main roster in WWE. That's why he took over as well as he did. With no audience, that was the one thing they knew got over was MVP. Okay, and everyone's been clamoring for Bobby Lashley to do something that wasn't involved with Rusev and Lana and whatever garbage they can think of. They got him off of that crazy train. They found something to do with Shelton Benjamin. You know, they bought his contract. You know, they, they, they put him on contract to get him away from New Japan and, and have him some do something in the States. And they just had his ass sitting in the back eating catering for what? How many years now? And all of a sudden, they just woke up one day and realized, oh, yeah, that's right. He's, a, he's, he's one of the top athletes this company has ever had in its entire fucking history. And we should probably do something with him. And now they have him in the Hurt Business. And the Hurt Business is, like I said... Business is good. The Hurt Business is doing some things. Now, Cedric Alexander has turned on his partner, which is partly sad. I would have loved to have seen them as a tag team do some real shit. I think that turn would have meant more if they would have went a little farther with the team. And then he had him turn on Ricochet. But either way, the result should have been the same. Cedric Alexander is a fantastic athlete. Fantastic athlete. But much like... Uh, Apollo Crews or anything like that. The, the personality of a stick of wood, right? The personality of a plank of wood, I should say. A stick of wood. A plank. Just a full-on plank. And I don't mean the Ed Ed and Eddie one. Because that guy had swag. But not Cedric Alexander. Or so I think. Because that's the thing. I don't know. Because they've never put him in the position where he needed to be that charismatic. When he was the 205 Live guy, when he was the Cruiserweight champion, he was just another flippy guy. That's really all it was. He had a good body, and he was able to go out there and perform a little slower, but still entertaining than your usual flippy guy. So it worked in the WWE system. But when you're on the main roster, you know, lumbar checks great, you know, the first few times. What else are you bringing to the table? And they figured that out. And this heel turn for Cedric Alexander, I think, is going to be fantastic business. For Cedric, I think they're going to get a lot. He is a workhorse. This guy can fucking go. He can wrestle. And he's great. But so is Bobby Lashley. And so is Shelton Benjamin. And so is MVP. And I I would put it to you right now. I would rather make 
comparisons to, I mean, many other groups besides the Nation of Domination. This group has almost nothing in common <laughs> with the Nation of Domination. Absolutely nothing. They don't stand for the same fucking thing. They don't want the same fucking thing. He says it every night. All right, we're, we're, we're popping bones and popping bottles. That's it. They want success. They just they want to win championships. They want to be at the top of the card. They want to make money, and they figure doing it together is the best way to do it. It's a very basic paint-by-numbers philosophy to form a stable together, but you know what? In 2020, it works. Nation of Domination was not bad. They were fight. They were taking the real-life struggle of that time of the African-American in the 90s, which, hindsight being this year, 2020, uh, that, that plight, we're still in that plight today, unfortunately. But they were taking the pain and anguish of the streets, of the ghettos, of the culture, and they were putting it on television. And they were taking it out on these, you know, these white boys and these Caucasians up here who's sitting pretty while we down here scratching and crawling and getting opportunities and they're, they're getting opportunities and we're not getting it because we're because we're black and we're being held down and blah 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 the hurt business ain't getting held down by nobody they're, they're the top of the card all the time there there is Bobby Lashley gets opportunities MVP has gotten opportunities Shelton Benjamin has gotten opportunities and now I'm assuming Cedric Alexander will now begin to get opportunities as well this would be a fantastic time to put the, if, if at all possible, uh, 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 you know, because the U.S. title get passed around the way that it is. Who wouldn't want to see Cedric Alexander thrown into, you know, possibly the intercontinental title picture, you know, with Sami Zayn and Jeff Hardy. And, and I think Cedric Alexander would be able to go with either of those guys. Bobby Lashley putting out a, a, a post not too long ago about wanting to be the WWE champion. I'm going to be here for as long as it takes to become WWE champion. And you know what? He should be the WWE champion. Now that he's got a mouthpiece like MVP, it definitely works itself out. Because in the ring, the fucking guy has clearly got it. He looks like a million dollars. He knows just how to wrestle his kind of match, which is fine. When you're that size and you look like that and you're that much money, wrestling your match is fine. That is exactly what you need to do to draw money, and that's fine. But I'm getting sick and tired of this whole, this, well, they they did the same thing for New Day. Remember New Day was getting together? They're doing a nation of domination like stable. No, they're not. That might have been the plan at first when they were putting it together because WWE itself couldn't get out of the image. Well, if they're black, they're militant, right? If they're black, it's fuck whitey. And, and I think it was Woods who told the story. He's like, no, we... We kind of want to be goofballs. We're not really angry at nobody. <laughs> we, we, we're just a couple of kids who are pro wrestlers, and, and we game, and we chill, and we chillax, and do all kinds of cool shit. Like, we don't, we don't need to be, you know, quote-unquote gangsters to, to get over, okay? We can get over doing other shit, and they have gotten over doing other shit. Some might say too over. It's time to do something else, but... There's no need to keep doing this nation of domination comparison bullshit. It's just like another one that I hear all the time. Street Profits versus Private Party. You can't have two teams more polar opposite to each other than the fucking Street Profits and the and Private Party. I know with the cup, you know, Montez's cup, and now Private Party is doing shots, shots. I, I get it. That's called common interest. It's not a comparison thing. I gave it the, the, the style of the two teams, just the fluidity, just everything about them. They're just different. But they're black, so it's a dream match. It's, it's really not. It really isn't. Cedric Alexander and Ricochet against Private Party, to me, was a dream match, just for a complementary of styles. You know, Street Profits, I'm trying to think of a... Another team in AEW, Street Profits. Oh, Santana and Ortiz. I'd love to see the Street Profits versus uh, Proud and Powerful. That would actually be a pretty nice matchup. Now that I'm thinking about it, that would be pretty cool. Or if, well, FTR was already there. I think the Street Profits and FTR already, I can't remember. But yeah, we need to stop with this whole nation of domination bullshit. 
There's no need to be comparing. Okay, stop. Stop doing that. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest. So, again, on the 26th, we're going live uh, for Pro Wrestling Jeopardy. I'm going to change that name. I don't like Pro Wrestling Jeopardy, but I don't want to just call it Jeopardy either. So, we got to find something to do with that. We're going to be live. There's going to be prizes. There's going to be some things. It'll be cool. So, Thank you guys for tuning in here and listening to uh, to all the stuff I just wanted to get off my chest and talk about here with you guys. We got more stuff coming up next week here. Uh, so please tune in to my website, which still exists, ajoum.podbean.com or any other service provider that allows you to listen to podcasts. I'm pretty much on everything. I just found out Amazon has music now and I'm on that. <laughs> I just found out Amazon now has music and I'm on that too. I'm everywhere, guys. Just search Orsini's Uncensored Mind in the Google machine and it'll take you to so many different platforms. It's not even funny. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you guys for sharing. And of course, thank you guys for enjoying episode 155. 100 episodes now pay him. And make sure that you buy my husband's t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash A-J-O-U-N. Please, he needs this. Listen to my daddy's show. He's the best, so I don't know.